What role has the internet played in heightening conspiracy theories regarding the JFK assassination? Where is the line between freedom of speech and the spread of dangerous false information? Are conspiracy theories a threat to democracy? The answers to these questions and more in this podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Armstrong, and this is Shots Fired, how facts and fiction intermingle with the rise of conspiracy culture. On November 22, 1961, the world was hit in the face with tragedy. In every living room and sideway street in America, melancholy pandemonium had struck. The President of the United States, while riding in a motorcade in Dallas during a campaign visit, had been shot. You know, you grow up with it. Uh, it's one of my uh, earliest memories. It's my father's birthday, actually, that day, November 22nd. And so uh, I certainly remember it as a, as a three-year-old, which is a very odd thing. That was author, history teacher, and Ph.D. David Rappaport. We were, of course, told was that this fella, Lee Harvey Oswald, shot him from the sixth floor of the School Book Depository building. and. President Kennedy died at Parkland Hospital, and John Connolly, the governor of Texas, was shot also. And, and then three shots were fired, and these kinds of repeatable, quote, facts driven towards what happened. And then sometime later, the Warren Commission report, the Warren report came out, which validated a theory that this one guy did the shooting. Well. That's a little hard to explain when, in 1979, the House Assassinations Committee had acoustic evidence recorded by, uh, on a dictabelt at the Dallas Police Headquarters because a cop had put, accidentally keyed his microphone. And so there's an audio recording as well as the visual recording that Abraham Zapruder took with his brand new camera. When you sync those up, the House Assassinations Committee concluded that four shots were fired, not three. And a Manlicher Carcano rifle cannot fire four shots in 7.4 seconds. Can't happen. So that really sheds a lot of light. Now this is independent of all the fact that witnesses ran to this one area that everyone calls the grassy knoll, mm -hmm. and that there are eyewitness statements from railroad workers saying that they saw people behind the fence, and there's footprints there, and there's all kinds of other you know, these are very credible witnesses, but it's the House Assassinations Committee evidence that has not been refuted and still stands as a testament to the fact that we don't really know what happened. 
Since then, a cultural phenomenon of questioning authority and seeking unorthodox answers to open-ended questions has only mushroomed. According to a study done by the London School of Economics and Political Science, 60% of Americans believe in conspiracy theories around JFK. These conspiracy theories manifest themselves in different ways, from YouTube playlists analyzing the video footage of the assassination to Reddit forums where rash, absurd theories are proposed. To explore these theories, I got a Reddit myself, followed r slash JFK assassination, and, well, let's just say I'm one more blog post away from making myself a tinfoil hat. There were people proposing that Jackie did it from the car, people saying that Oswald and LBJ were working together, and all kinds of crazy things. Now, one could argue that these so-called conspiracy theories are, albeit eccentric and strange, harmless. Even as conspiracy theory culture widens its grasp on young minds with the use of the internet, how many of these critical thinkers will end up inflicting actual danger in a society? Is democracy actually being threatened? One thing I noticed when I was scrolling through r slash JFK assassination, it was practically impossible to tell the difference between a joke or a meme and when someone was actually serious about a theory. One second, you're looking at a meme that states, Lil Pump killed JFK. And the next second, you're presented with a detailed analysis of how Jackie executed the assassination from within the car. It is because of this that it is so hard to determine whether these conspiracy theories are actually dangerous. What's more, the JFK assassination, unlike conspiracy theories about lizards as politicians or birds as spies, is a much more nuanced and complicated topic. As Rappaport stated earlier, even historians and academics aren't sure of what really happened on that day in 1961. That being said, some academics believe that such conspiracy theories are, in fact, detrimental to democracy. Author and academic Joseph E. Skinsky at the University of Miami states that the danger of the JFK assassination conspiracy theories is that they make a perfect jumping-off spot an indoctrination of sorts. You see, the basis of most JFK assassination conspiracy theories are that the government lied to the people. This then allows these conspiracy theorists to say, well, if the government lied about that, they could be lying about everything. I do see Yusinski's point, and while I do agree that we shouldn't let young people or people of all ages fall into rabbit holes of outlandish conspiracy theories that have no basis in fact, encouraging people to question their government is not a threat to democracy, but rather it is what enables democracy. Especially in this fake news proclaimed era where nobody can trust the information that is being handed to them, it is vital that we begin to question where we get our information from. That inquisitive outlook that allows people to succumb to conspiracy theories isn't inherently flawed. It just needs to be channeled to the right direction. So, I'm definitely not telling you to do what I did and get a Reddit and start following JFK conspiracy theories. But I am telling you to think critically about the media you're consuming. It was JFK himself who said, Too often we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought.